0: This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham.
1: Welcome to another edition of Dental All-Stars. In this podcast, I want to share with you a expert webinar interview I did with Deborah Engelhart Nash titled, How Healthy Is Your Recall?, and what I'm going to share with you is the first 10 or so minutes where Deborah does a great job at introducing the issue and the impact and importance of having a healthy recall. With us this evening is Deborah Englehart Nash. And Deborah has been in dentistry for over 25 years. She's a trainer, an author, a presenter, and consultant. And we're just talking about this, she still works. And leads her dental office, and how important it is to bring those skills into her consulting and her speaking. Phenomenal speaker, phenomenal speaker. I've seen her speak live many times. You're gonna you're gonna hear her tonight, but you gotta hear her live. Deborah has presented workshops nationally internationally for numerous groups and study groups and organizations. She's repeatedly recognized by Dentistry Today It's a leader in continuing dental education and a leader in dental consulting. Uh, she was a president for the ADMC, basically, that's an organization uh, for management consultants. So she's the consultant of consultants, okay? And she's an award winner of the Gordon Christensen Award, a very prestigious award. And we're so grateful to have her on this webinar. So without further ado, Deborah Englehart Nash.
0: Well, Alex, thank you, and it's great to work with All Star, not only because of the uh, value of your programs, but also it's nice to work with friends. So um, I'm glad to be here. You know, a lot of uh, consultants and uh, a lot of speakers talk about the um, recall departments. Oh, varies in various ways. They talk about it possibly being um, a, a lost leader, and then on the other hand, a lot of people talk about that that is your major breadwinner for your practice. No matter how you look at it. Your patients of record are golden. They are critical to your practice. Why is healthy recall important? Because those people are, um, are the foundation. They are a building block of your practice success. And if you think about, we're going to do some, some numbers. We're going to do math. And I will be honest with you. Uh, those of you who have never heard me before, and you, you probably many of you don't know me, I'm not a math person, I'm, so I'm not, uh, this is not going to be, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on analytics. There's great analytical companies for your dental office. So I don't know if any of you have, um, are working with Dentametrics or Blue IQ or Dental Intel. Those are exceptional companies that will absolutely get down to the, the, um, the depths of your practice and really analyze it to the nth degree, sometimes um, to the point of overkill. Um, but man, well, they, they will really dive in. We're not going to be as in-depth as those dental analytic companies, but we're going to get into some basics of um, why it's important to have a healthy recall. And by healthy recall, what we're talking about is um, how many people are you seeing? So that's going to be um, our major emphasis this evening. What percentage of your patients are getting back into your practice? The reality is that, you know, some offices say, well, we think we have 100% recall return rate. Um, And they are basing that on um, a couple of factors. And typically they are false factors. One of the factors is, well, we're full. I mean, we don't, we can't get people in. And some offices say, isn't that great that we can't get patients in for months? And that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that a a little bit later on, or they'll take a look at their reports um, from their uh, software, and their software will give them um, some basic analytics, but they basically are talking about the intervals in which your patients of record are coming back in that are in your recall system. So they are not necessarily counting all of your patients. So we'll make sure that we're going to be on the same page and we're going to define um, when we're talking about your, your practice and your practice health. You know, I'll define about what active patient means and recall return rate and those things So we talk about practice health. But here's one of the reasons why it's important. One of the reasons why I want to keep my patients in the practice, I want to keep them in the recare system, is that it's less expensive to market. So when you're taking a look at, I mean, everyone's talking about Google Ads, and they're talking about, you know, social media, and they're talking about, do I have to have a YouTube account, and do I have to have an Instagram account, and how do I bring people in? And I will say, even though this is a recall um, event, you never close your practice, you are never too busy to attract you, to bring new patients into your practice. The question is... Um, how many do I need and what type of patient do I want to attract? That'll, they'll have, Alex will have to have me on another night to talk about that. But we, So we still have to have, um, I mean, think about a pond. If a pond doesn't have fresh water running into it, what does it do? It stagnates and it gets yucky. And if your practice doesn't have fresh patients into it, it can also stagnate and get yucky. So we're constantly, you know, we have to take a look at, yeah, we are We're, we're striving for new patients, uh, but how many? Exactly how many do we need? And it's going to be based on a, a couple of factors, but one of them will be your recall factor. Um, but, um, but retaining your patients is not only less expensive, but they're typically ready to accept your treatment more readily because you've established a trust with them. They also continue to generate a, a positive word of mouth uh, to, to their friends, and they're less likely to defect for the special down the street, um, the come on in for the $29.95 exam radiographs and cleaning um, special. They're not, they're not less likely to be attracted to that because of the loyalty that they have with you. Um, it is the single most important drive um, of long-term profitability. Here's what's really critical: when we're talking about recall and recare, um, and why this is so important. That it is not necessarily your muscular motions per minute that your patients are coming back to you for. It is not. It is not that you are doing an amazing job of root and scaling, and your um, your perio charting and your bleeding points are unbelievable. Um, that's certainly clinically critical, but your patients are coming back to you because of the relationships you establish with them. And we'll talk about the fine line between, I mean, we talk about that relationship um, because there is um, there's a difference in being almost too social with patients and not clinical enough, being too clinical with patients and not social enough. And we're going to talk about, again, part of Healthy Recall is knowing um, the balance between being overly social or overly clinical. Um, So um, I think when we talk about the single uh, most important drive of long-term profitability is customer loyalty and how do we drive that. So uh, we're going to talk about that. we're going to get into some stats now, so um, grab your water or grab your li- your favorite libation, and and um, there's um, an article that's that they're going to offer you that's going to have these statistics um, in the articles. So in terms of of you're thinking you're going to have to sit here and do the math for the next 45 minutes, that's going to be uh, provided you for you, so don't have to worry about it. But when we look at hygiene production percentage, um, the standard is that a hygienist is producing. Uh, 20 to 30 percent of practice productivity. That may vary by a few percentage points based on um, how many hygienists actually work in the practice, um, but but typically um, the it's, uh, hygienist is going to do 20 to 30 percent of total productivity in the office. Um, the hygienist is going to be producing three to four times his or her income. So example, um, when you take a look at that, if you're paying the hygienist $40 an hour, then you know, then, a high, then the hygienist should be producing a minimum minimum of $160 an hour. Um, that's part of, uh, of practice health, um, and that's an important statistic to take a look at. But in addition to the production per hour, we talk about healthy recall. Not only do we want to take a look at the end of the day, what was my, what was my daily production, and daily collections, and and if we wanted to get into insurance, and so we talked about what was my daily net production after writing off, um, you know, my contributions to PPOs or managed care networks that I that with whom I participate. I want to take a look at uh, in a healthy in a healthy hygiene practice. Not only do we look at what was my daily hygiene production for the day, but what additional treatment was diagnosed and accepted from my department. Let me say that again. One of the important measurements of a healthy hygiene practice is what additional treatment was diagnosed and accepted from hygiene. That is um, a critical statistic to monitor. And by the way, if you again if you want to get really specific uh, companies like Dental Intel, Blue IQ, Dentometrics, other analytical companies, can um, really narrow that down for you. Um, so here's a couple of numbers um, you want to track. Or you going to start doing a little bit of math here. Um, you want to take a look at your daily productivity. You also want to take a look at your lost hygiene appointments. Look at this. You know, let's say that you lose one hygiene appointment per day, which is on the average, you know, you do your math, you plug in your numbers, $245. Well, if there are 200 hygiene days in the practice and you lose one hygiene appointment per day, look what it does to you. You actually have an annual loss of almost $50,000, and that's based on an average of $245 per patient. So that is why it's overly critical to make sure that we have an active hygiene program and that we have somebody who has responsibility of making sure that those hygiene appointments are full. Now, let me also throw in a, a little bit of a disclaimer. The hygienist is going to be, um, has a, a kind of a responsibility, a um, productive responsibility of $160-plus uh, per hour, what do you think a doctor's, um, production per hour should be? Well, it's going to start at about $400 an hour and go up. So what I'm taking a look at wanting to fill hygiene versus doctor, who am I going to look at first? Certainly it's going to be doctors, but I want to take a look at how much am I losing in hygiene if we don't fill that time? Um, And I can get into my subjective opinions here about, and somebody may ask a question, I don't have that bar up now. I'm happy to take questions after. One of the questions will be, well, gee, Deborah, what happens if I do have an open, an open hour um, in hygiene? Um, should my hygienist clock out um, And um, since she or he has not seen a hygiene patient? And I would say to you, um, absolutely not. I want that hygienist has, can do some valuable things for the practice during that hour, as valuable as seeing a patient. And that's patient follow-up. That's patient um, contact. Um, so we get them involved in that system. Uh, um, they are become part of of filling that schedule. So there's lots of things that they can do. Um, not necessarily stocking their drawers or helping stock somebody else's drawers. I want them back in that hour if they have an open hour. I want them in. I want con- uh, them contacting patients. I want them. Um, reaching out to patients about incomplete treatment plans or about patients who are overdue and we can talk about some of the um, technology that it can be helpful to them to do that so we want to take a look at how many lost hygiene appointments because at the end of the, of the of end of the month at the end of the quarter at the end of six months and you're taking a look at your hygiene productivity and you're saying gee why are we down or why why aren't we hitting the mark why are we possibly um, producing less than we did last year one of the first things to look at is how much open time did we have? And that may be the reason why um, your productivity is not uh, what you expect. Um, so take take a look at that. But then the important thing, what additional treatment is being diagnosed from recare patients? Um, that I think is a responsibility um, of a hygienist to understand the, the, the strength, the importance um, the clout, if you will, the stature that a hygienist has with a patient. Um, Abraham Lincoln. You're going to wonder how I bring Abraham Lincoln into talking about hygiene. Well, Abraham Lincoln said this: um, "Any strength taken to excess becomes a weakness, but there is strength." So, what I, why I relate to that? Um, is that there are certain times when the relationship between the hygienist and the patient becomes more important than the relationship between the doctor and the patient or the practice and the patient. And that isn't necessarily a good thing. Relationship between the hygienist and the patient is a good thing. But if it becomes stronger than the relationship between the practice or the doctor and the patient, that isn't a good thing. And what that is basically saying is the doctor is not spending enough time reestablishing his or her relationship with the patient. And that's critical. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, so so that's that, that could be a weakness, but the strength of the relationship that the hygienist has with the patient is that when the hygienist sanctions or validates the doctor's treatment plan, The patients pay attention. So it's very important in a healthy recall system for the hygienist to understand here's or her responsibility in discussing additional treatment with the patient. I'm going to give you, I think, was one of the most important questions a hygienist asks a patient, and it happens the moment the patient sits in the chair in the the operatory with the hygienist. The hygienist certainly, if someone hasn't done it for him or her, reviews, that all the information is current, that the health history has been brought up to date, and whether or not we're checking blood pressure and doing all those things. If the patient has an outstanding treatment plan, the next thing that happens is the, the hygienist with, with looking the patient in the eye, sitting slightly back from the patient, not staring at a computer screen, um, not laying instruments down on the, the, the tray, but looking at the patient in the eye and saying, I noticed that we have these things that have yet to be completed. Tell me what has prevented you from having it done. I think that is, and then and then we are quiet, we are quiet, and as opposed to saying, well, you know, Mrs. Smegley, we talked about those crowns before, um, you know, we haven't done them yet, this is something you might want to think about, okay, now i got to clean your teeth now, I've got 40 minutes. so sit down and be quiet because I have 40 minutes to clean your teeth and my next patient's going to be here. So um, so I think it's important to, first of all, have enough time, Healthy Recall Program, you have enough time to have a conversation with the patient. Conversation with the patient needs to be focused. It has to be focused, um, so it has to start with, tell me what has prevented you from having this treatment done. I notice it has yet to be completed. Tell me what has prevented you from having it done. And don't put words in the patient's mouth. Let the patient tell you, um, It's it could be time, it could be finances, it could be I really wasn't sure that I needed to have that done, or gee, I don't remember that, or yeah, I, at the time it wasn't important, um, and so we said, well, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we can overcome this obstacle or how we can, can make this happen for you, um, and we, we have a dialogue with the patient about that. So. Um, I want to pay attention to the additional treatments being diagnosed from recare patients from hygiene. I could have an amazing um, periodontal hygienist who is cranking out root planing and curetages all day long. At the end of her day, she may have a great production per day. Um, and then I have a a, a more traditional or possibly a, a hygienist who doesn't have that type of perio treatment scheduled in his or her column. But man, can they help the patients understand and appreciate? treatment. They both have value. It's different. They both have strong skills and they're different. Um, so we have to measure that we have to measure that correctly. Um, so I want to make sure that we're tracking the additional treatments being accepted from Medicare patients. Um, and, and depending on how many patients you have, that could be a, that could be a major source of, of uh, treatment revenue for your practice. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.